Coming up on 5-Minute News. White woman charged after racist Central Park confrontation. Trump lobbyists reap windfall in federal virus aid. And UK government announces £1.57 billion for the arts. It's Tuesday, July 7. I'm Anthony Davis. A white woman who called the police during a videotaped dispute with a black man over walking her dog without a leash in Central Park was charged on Monday with filing a false police report. In May, Amy Cooper drew widespread condemnation for frantically calling 911 to claim she was being threatened by an African-American man, birdwatcher Christian Cooper. On the video he recorded of the woman, he sounds calm and appears to keep a safe distance from her. District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. said in a statement on Monday that his office had charged Amy Cooper with falsely reporting the confrontation, a misdemeanor. She was ordered to appear in court on October 14. After the backlash, Amy Cooper was fired from her job and released an apology through a public relations service, saying she reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions. Amy Cooper's 911 call inspired New York state lawmakers in June to pass a law that makes it easier, under civil rights law, to sue an individual who calls a police officer on someone without reason because of their background, including race and national origin. The new law, which the governor also signed last month, holds an individual who makes such 911 calls liable for injunction relief, damages or any other appropriate relief in a civil lawsuit. Amy Cooper was charged under an existing false report law that's been long on the books and doesn't reference race. Forty lobbyists with ties to Donald Trump helped clients secure more than $10 billion in federal coronavirus aid, among them five former administration officials whose work potentially violates Trump's own ethics policy, according to a report. The lobbyists identified yesterday by the watchdog group Public Citizen either worked in the Trump executive branch, served on his campaign, were part of the committee that raised money for inaugural festivities, or were part of his presidential transition. Many are donors to Trump's campaigns, and some are prolific fundraisers for his re-election. They include Brian Ballard, who served on the transition, is the finance chair for the Republican National Committee, and has bundled more than a million dollars for Trump's fundraising committees. He was hired in March by Laundry Lux, a supplier of commercial laundry machines, after the DHS issued guidance that didn't include laundromats as essential businesses that could stay open during the lockdown. A week later, the administration issued new guidance adding laundromats to the list. Dave Urban, a Trump adviser and confidant, has collected more than $2.3 million in lobbying fees this year. The firm he leads, American Continental Group, represents 15 companies including Walgreens and the parent company of the Ultimate Fighting Championship on coronavirus issues. Trump pledged to clamp down on Washington's influence, peddling with a drain-the-swamp campaign mantra. But during his administration, the lobbying industry has flourished 
a trend that intensified once Congress passed more than $3.6 trillion in coronavirus stimulus. While the money is intended as a lifeline to a nation whose economy has been upended by the pandemic, it also jump-started a familiar lobbying bonanza. Shortly after Trump took office, he issued an executive order prohibiting former administration officials from lobbying the agency or office where they were formerly employed for a period of five years. Another section of the order forbids lobbying the administration by former political appointees for the remainder of Trump's time in office. Five lobbyists, who are former administration officials, have potentially done just that during the coronavirus lobbying boom. Public citizens Craig Holman, who himself is a registered lobbyist, said the group intends to file ethics complaints with the White House, but he's not optimistic that they will lead to anything. Last year, he filed more than 30 complaints, all of which were either ignored or rejected. There does not appear to be anyone who is enforcing the executive order, Holman said. The UK government has announced a £1.57 billion rescue package to help the nation's cultural, arts and heritage institutions weather the impact of coronavirus. It follows weeks of lobbying from arts leaders of impending disaster and the closure of theatres throughout the country. The funding will go to support struggling theatres, museums, galleries, music venues, heritage sites and independent cinemas. £120 million of capital investment will be made to restart construction on cultural infrastructure and for heritage construction projects in England which were paused due to the pandemic. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said, From iconic theatre and musicals, mesmerising exhibitions at our world-class galleries, to gigs performed in local basement venues, the UK's cultural industry is the beating heart of this country. The Conservative chairman of the House of Commons Culture Select Committee, Julian Knight, said more action would be needed. This is the first step to help prevent some of our major cultural institutions from going under, he said. This money is welcome and should take some out of the danger zone, if only temporarily. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Visit us online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an independent production covering politics, inequality, health and climate. Delivering unbiased, verified and truthful world news daily. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.